They want to put all the fancy little soda can sensors up inside the tornado, but to do that, they have to drive their truck right into the middle of it. They end up holding onto a pipe in a shed and hiding in a storm drain to survive. I was six when it came out, you guys. Six. I pretty much watched it every day for a year. My poor mom. Still to this day, I will watch it if it comes on television or if I see it on Netflix. I've lived in Florida all my life, so storms are nothing new to me. I was actually born during hurricane season. That's right, I live in an area that has a season for natural disasters. Because of that, I have always felt very detached from the term natural disaster. Here in Florida, we have so many storms and hurricanes that it's as much natural as it is disaster. Ask any long-term Florida resident if they are afraid of hurricanes, and more often than not, you'll be met with a no and receive an invitation to a hurricane party. We get excited for school or work to close, we board up our windows, and to invite friends over to sleep in tents in the living room, taking turns refilling the toilets with buckets of rainwater. I have lived through countless hurricanes, even some really bad ones. One year, a tornado formed and ripped the roof right off our trailer. But I felt no personal loss from these storms, nor did I even recognize them as destructive. To me, they were mostly inconvenient. This was true up until I was almost 15, but that all changed during the hurricane season in 2005. Hurricane Katrina Just three months shy of my 15th birthday, on August 29, 2005, one of the largest and strongest hurricanes ever recorded in the United States made landfall over southeast Louisiana. While we sat at home in Florida receiving the normal inconvenient rain and gusts of wind, People all over Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama were losing everything they had. Florida has seen some destructive hurricanes, but I had never seen anything like Hurricane Katrina. We watched, helpless, as levee after levee gave way and entire cities flooded with enough water to pull homes off concrete slabs and submerge city buildings entirely. The levees that protected these coastal cities were designed to stop surges and flooding caused by a Category 3 hurricane. Katrina had peaked at a Category 5 soon before it made landfall. There was nothing anyone could do but watch and wait. I don't know if it was because we had family in Mississippi, because New Orleans was only a seven-hour drive from my home, or because this was the first time I had ever seen death on such a large scale so close to home, but this particular storm felt real and memorable to me. I can remember watching live news coverage of the rescue efforts with my family when behind the reporter, a dead man just floated by, unnoticed and unclaimed. It wasn't blurred out because they didn't know it was going to happen. I had never seen anything like that before. Of all the areas affected, New Orleans received the worst of Katrina. Over the coming days, the news began to show videos of the streets and cities, and to this day, those are images I can clearly recall. Lack of fresh water and power paired with dangerously high floodwaters made rescue efforts very difficult. Some people were swept away from their rooftops as they waited for help to come. Some refused to leave their homes because it was all that they had, and they died in the places they had always lived. As water receded, there were lifeless bodies of men, women, and children in almost every area. Some covered by sheets or large pieces of trash, some blurred out and some still being held by their loved ones. 
The intense flooding had caused the earth to soften and the caskets to become dislodged from the dirt they were buried in. They began floating down the roads in droves. Sewage that spilled into the stagnant floodwater left a smell to the city that I remember someone on television calling the smell of skunk and decimation. I remember because I had to look up what decimation meant. It basically means mass death, by the way. If you ask anyone who participated in rescue or cleanup efforts, most will tell you that the smell was something they will never forget. I saw videos of thousands and thousands of people with little to no clothes or possessions packed into the Superdome and other areas of the city waiting for help to come. For some, that help never did arrive. In the end, drowning, disease, starvation, and injury claimed the lives of more than 1,800 people. Through